0: You know something really interesting? In the fields, you have a lot a lot a of time to think while you're working. Like a lot of stuff runs through your head. Eight hours from there and just doing the same thing. You know, there's a lot to think.
1: At 15, Miguel Villegas was working in the fields outside of Fresno in the heart of California's Central Valley. He'd been skirting around neighborhood gangs, getting into fights, flunking out of classes, until he was kicked out of high school.
0: And at that moment, I, I didn't care about anything.
1: He was sent to another school, but had no transportation in any way he needed a parent's signature to enroll. But his dad was out of the picture, and his mom had been deported back to Mexico three years earlier, back to their small pueblo high in the mountains of Oaxaca, where they were from.
0: was born over there and came to the United States when I was seven years old.
1: Underage and without a high school diploma, Miguel's path seemed clear, back to the fields outside of Fresno to work alongside his brothers and sisters.
0: I always work on the fields on weekend summers. It's something that I knew already. But working full-time really opened my eyes.
1: To deal with a long workday, Miguel plugged into his MP3 player, rapping along under his breath. Mr. Shadow, Kid Frost, and Lil Rob.
0: No people trying to tell me how to do this. But I remember-
1: he and his brothers would wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. to be in the fields by 6. Often they worked till dusk. In the late summer, they'd pick grapes. In the winter, they'd cut back the grape trees. In the spring, they'd pick the grape leaves. Then in summer, along with thousands of other Oaxacan families, they'd head up to the rainy Pacific Northwest to pick strawberries, raspberries, and blackberries, wearing ponchos and heavy boots. Oaxacan families were usually given the unwanted jobs that involved the most dangerous equipment or bending over all day long. Picking and picking and picking
0: and picking. It, it made me think a lot of who I was. who well, I started questioning why being looked upon um, as less.
1: In Oaxaca, over a third of the population speaks an indigenous language.
0: We don't say hola like hello. A lot of people ask me like how you say hello, but them, we don't say hello. You just say How are you doing? Or are you? living life um, slowly.
1: In the Pueblo where he grew up, everyone spoke Mixteco.
0: Miguel Villegas. Good afternoon, my name is Miguel Villegas. Muy buenas tardes. Uh, Mi nombre es Miguel Villegas. I speak Mixtec, I speak Spanish and English.
1: In the fields, he thought about the bullying he'd faced when he first moved to Fresno and was still learning both English and Spanish.
0: I mean, even since elementary, there's always discrimination and... Well, you know, kids will will make fun of me because I was darker. There, there's this environment that if, if you can't speak Spanish well or if you're too dark, things like that, they, they, they will make fun of you, bu- bully you, right? That will force you to not mention where you're from anymore, you know? You will just try to change the subject. You don't want to talk about that.
1: He remembered one word that the bullies used to call him.
0: There's this word called Oaxaquita.
1: Meaning, little Oaxacan. I and
0: mean, of course, maybe we're small, but I mean, they, they're, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about just being less ignorant, you know, not civilized maybe.
1: For a long time, Miguel had been ashamed of the language his family spoke, of their traditions his family practiced, the dances, the festivals. He'd learned to hide his roots, never speak his language in public. But the more he thought about it, the more it seemed all messed up. Why did everyone think it was perfectly normal for indigenous Oaxacans to do the hardest work in the fields, get paid the least, get bullied in school for the language they spoke and the color of their skin? Why did he feel so ashamed, and where did that shame come from?
0: And that's when I started like, wow, it's crazy how We just accept things, you know.
1: He wanted to learn the history he had never been taught.
2: Every day in our life, we see uh, that effort to erase who we are as indigenous people.
1: I'm sitting in the office of Leoncio Vasquez. It's July in Fresno, it's 9 a.m., and it's already sweltering. I mentioned the heat. Think about the people working in the fields, he tells me.
2: I'm the executive director of Centro Binacional para el Desarrollo Indígena Oaxaqueño.
1: That's the Binational Center for the Development of Oaxacan Indigenous Communities. Though Leoncio and Miguel are from the same town back in Oaxaca, they never met. But before too long, Leoncio would become Miguel's boss and then his colleague and his fan. But before we get to that, a little context about the world that Miguel, this indigenous trilingual high school dropout from Oaxaca, has inherited. As Leoncio tells it, the story of the shame Miguel felt starts a little over 500 years ago.
2: The history is that the new culture that dominated our land impose everything and consider that anything that has to do with indigenous people is bad, is of less value.
1: During European colonization of the Americas, thousands of indigenous groups were forcibly assimilated, fragmented, destroyed. But in some places and against all odds, communities resisted. In Oaxaca, More than 60 different groups continue to practice traditions and speak their languages today. For a long time, indigenous Oaxacans have faced extreme discrimination in Mexican society, isolated and excluded from politics, living in poverty, and working the worst jobs. Back in the 1980s, cheap corn from the United States started to flood across the border. Suddenly, indigenous farmers were out of work, out of money, and out of food.
2: And because of the starvation, we had to find these survival means. We were forced out of our community.
1: Hundreds of thousands followed Farmwork North, settling in northern Mexico, the Pacific Northwest, Florida, and today about a third of California farm workers are indigenous people from Mexico. Most cross the border without documentation.
2: We are referred to as criminals for just crossing the border. We didn't have any information of all this legality, of all these contradictions about immigration issues. We just came.
1: They rarely spoke English, and many spoke little or no Spanish, but rather their native languages, like Mixteco, Zapoteco, or Triqui. Leoncio says migration to the U.S. is just the latest in a long history of threats to indigenous languages and cultures from Oaxaca. The pressure to assimilate into U.S. culture is constant.
2: That's what we hear every day. So we get to that point that we, we accept that. And we say, oh yes, parents don't want to, their children to learn the language anymore. That's part of it. That they don't want their children to be discriminated against. That they want their children to get better jobs than they have right now.
1: A new generation of Oaxacan immigrants felt they had to disconnect from their roots if they were going to survive. To make matters worse, many other Mexican immigrants brought their ideas and stereotypes about indigenous Oaxacans with them to the U.S. This discrimination had followed Miguel and other indigenous Oaxacan kids right into their Fresno classrooms. After two years of farm work, Miguel was ready to learn his people's history. Forming his questions had been the first step.
0: The second step was when I went to San Jose Job Corps.
1: He was offered a chance to get his high school diploma in San Jose.
0: I went. I wasted no time. I took advantage of everything. It was like my second opportunity.
1: Two years later, he would walk out of that school with a GED, a high school diploma, an auto body trade certificate, and a new calling. It all started in the computer lab.
0: So I took advantage of internet because I didn't have internet at home. But the school had it and that I just started investigating.
1: Miguel researched Mixteco, his language. He wasn't exactly sure where it, or he, came from.
0: I was very curious because they always talk about the Aztec warriors, the Aztec empire, and all the cultural things that they had.
1: He knew that he spoke an ancient language that had existed far before Spanish or English were brought to this hemisphere.
0: But I, for some reason, I couldn't relate to it. I I was really confused, I think. I never thought we had empires or gold or pyramids, at least not in my village.
1: Miguel discovered he's not Aztec, but rather a descendant of the Mixtec nation.
0: I didn't know that, you know, I was really surprised that we had this and nobody told me about it in school.
1: And there had been empires and pyramids. There had been Mixtec kings and warriors. There had even been religious texts, astronomers, a calendar, and a pictorial writing system.
0: Start investigating Mixtec warriors. That's when I find out about Ocho Venado.
1: Ocho Venado, gara de jaguar. That translates to eight deer jaguar claw, because he was born on the eighth day of the month of the deer of the Mixtec calendar. Legend has it, he fought with the ferocity of the jaguar.
0: Many of our books were burned, but um, his history survived.
1: Venado was a warrior king in the 11th century, whose life was documented on deerskin manuscripts. He was the only king to ever unite the three far-flung regions of the Mixtec nation. This warrior's story sparked something in Miguel. He realized he wanted to do the same 10 centuries later. From that moment on...
0: Everything that I am relates to organizing...
1: Miguel returned to Fresno, armed with new knowledge.
0: Realizing the richness of our culture, realizing that we have a history that has not been told, we start embracing and accepting who we are.
1: He and a few other kids from the village where he came from started an online chat group.
0: Having a space where I know other people understand what I'm saying, that's like the first step that helps us heal.
1: Eventually, they met up at Leoncio's organization. They decided to call themselves the autónomos, the ones who are autonomous, the independent thinkers.
0: We got into a circle, we explained who we were, what we do, and I said I like hip-hop, and i, I do some hip-hop in Mixteco. And everybody was surprised.
1: Since he was 12, he had been rapping for fun, first in English, then in Spanish. But recently, he'd experimented with verses in his native language of mixteco.
0: Me and a friend of mine were doing it, but we were just playing around, like, you know, saying a few words. But eventually, some people from the group started telling everybody that we were doing mixteco rap, so everybody was just expecting us to perform, you know, so...
1: Suddenly, Miguel had to get his act together.
0: I had a a lot of rap names, you know, a lot of people do that. Because they grow.
1: Then he landed again on the name of that ancient Mixtec warrior who had united the Mixtec nation.
0: I was going to call myself Ocho Venado.
1: The name felt right. Except for one thing it was in Spanish, but Ocho Venado had spoken Mixteco.
0: Thinking about it, uh, I wanted it to be paper and so I decided to translate it to Mishte.
1: Miguel called himself Una Isu.
0: Una is eight and dear is Isu. Una Isu, even the name itself creates conversations, like why you name yourself like that. And they're like, wow, I didn't know that, you know. Even within the Mishte culture, they don't know much about our past. They don't teach that in schools. We are taught that we're not valuable. We are taught that we have no history. We we are ignorant. We don't have richness, culture. And I want to change that. I want to show the other side that we did have it and we still have it. The
1: first song he wrote was called Mixteco es un lenguaje. Mixteco is a language.
0: The feeling that I have had throughout those years, and I was sire of people putting us down.
1: In the song he raps in Spanish, Mixteco and English about where he comes from and why Mixteco is just as valid and important a language as any other. It's the first song ever written by a trilingual indigenous rapper. In fact, Miguel's the only trilingual indigenous rapper out there.
0: Like I'm trying to turn turn everything around. My memories, my
1: in the video, he raps in front of murals that line Fresno streets between rows of grapevines and among the dancers who wear elaborate devil masks as they dance something called Los Diablos. A lot of the dancers are pine-sized, just little kids. In one of the last scenes, the dancers begin taking off their masks Masks, one after the other
0: because in my lyrics I say if you don't like who you are take out your mask
1: take your mask off they look straight into the camera
0: I guess it, it was deeper than that because they're just saying this is who we are you know I have no idea how powerful my work will be but they can create a conversation in the house You know, like, hey, mom, I heard this guy rapping in Mixtec. Do you speak that, you know? Can you teach me? Oh, yeah, mijo, you know, that's why we speak. And if you want to learn, I'll teach you.
1: Leoncio eventually hired Miguel as a Mixteco community worker and interpreter. Miguel began to use the translation skills he developed as a rapper, to help the Mixteco-speaking community with doctor's appointments, citizenship, enrolling in Medi-Cal, speaking with their kids' teachers, basically helping his community navigate their life in Fresno. Miguel grew up learning how to hop between three distinct languages and cultures. And now, it was opening up doors.
0: I felt unstoppable, you know. I'm
1: feeling good. Feeling all right
0: tonight. I'm feeling good now. It's all good in the neighborhood, homes.
1: I've met Miguel at an interpretation event at a Fresno church on a hot Friday evening in August. He and another community worker, Irma Luna, were holding a workshop in Mixteco. Irma's been interpreting for Mixteco speakers for nearly two decades in doctor's offices, courts, and even for the CIA. Miguel pulls up slides on how local government works in Fresno. Miguel tells me that a lot of words in English and Spanish simply can't be translated into mixteco, which is a big challenge when he's rapping about certain issues.
0: The language itself has a different viewpoint of the world. For example, if I talk about Police brutality, you know, we don't have that in our town. It's it's hard to get my message uh, across. I have to focus on the rhymes. I have to focus on making sure it makes sense. I'm, I'm trying to be careful not to just say whatever. It's like an interpreter job, you know?
1: While the workshop learns about local government, Leoncio is in the next room, looking after the participants'
2: kids.
1: (laughs) He introduces me to a little girl who's about seven years old. She's desperately trying to figure out how to swing a jump rope at the same time she hops over it. This girl and her siblings speak fluent mixteco and English. Irma tells me she's been working with this little girl to give opening words at this year's Gala an annual Oaxacan festival.
0: These kids, I just, it's like I was an honor to just say hello to them. And and, and they answer to you como si nada in, in, in mixteco. And I just feel like so proud. And, and um, it, it's a good feeling. I always tell their parents, oh my God, you guys are doing a wonderful job.
1: Today, Miguel's life is all about language. He's an interpreter, a mixteco community worker, a Oaxacan youth organizer, a trilingual rapper, and...
0: I'm studying community college, trying to transfer to state to pursue linguistics. They are related to everything I do.
1: I meet with Miguel a few weeks later, between concerts in Los Angeles and Mexico City. We sit in his office at a law organization, where he now works as a community fellow. His phone keeps buzzing. He pauses multiple times to coordinate a meeting with other indigenous organizers.
0: We are organizing Back time, right now, we're growing. We didn't have this
1: space before. He's tired of reading studies of indigenous languages by white anthropologists. He wants to be the one to tell the story. He tells me this starts with the basic words we use to describe the Mixteco language. Mixteco is a word that colonizers gave to his people all those centuries ago. But today, he's calling it by a new name.
0: To unify... Everyone, uh, and to change the way the, the people see CA. it, we came to an agreement that it should be la palabra de la lluvia or language of the rain.
1: Miguel wants to show other young Oaxacans that they too can reclaim their languages, their heritage, their history, and not be ashamed of it.
0: As a linguist, I'm going to be an example as well. So my mission, my mission is use these resources in the education system to continue preserving the language and documenting the words because they're going to be lost eventually. We migrated enough to preserve culture. We migrated because we, we, we need to work, we need to make a living. That's our primary concern is surviving.
1: It's not just about losing words. It's also a way of understanding the world. Sometimes the best word is only in Mixteco.
0: I think about when we say we are sad, triste, What we say, it's really deep because we say that we're broken inside or my inside is broken. And when I say inside, I mean inside your soul. I want to document that with elders because they're dying and they're taking that knowledge with them. For example, all the names of the flowers, all the names of the animals, ceremonial languages, uses a lot of metaphor. You know, use a lot of elements of life, the rain, the the fire, the mother earth. And that connects a lot with what I do because in rap music, we use a lot of metaphor. So I think when they ask me, how do I feel about combining two different cultures, hip hop culture and mystic culture? uh, To me, at the end, we're not really that far apart.